entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Good morning. Good Friday morning, and thank you for joining us on Your Palace, Your Place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, the Marketing and Public Relations Officer for the Palace Theater right here in wonderful Waterbury. And if you've never been to the Palace, um, you must come and visit soon. It's a magnificent venue. And our show tries to bring you a little um, fun dose for 50 minutes of uh, entertainment news, lifestyle, what's trending, and cultural goings on not only right here in Waterbury, but across the state and beyond. So hope you enjoy the show. And I I have to say, this is um, our last show for the season. We'll be back in September. And we'll see you in September. Uh, we um, will take a break during the summertime, but we'll be back uh, the first and third Friday mornings of the month back in September. But so it's sort of bittersweet. I mean, it's nice to take a little bit of a break for the summer. And uh, but uh, I enjoy doing the show and bringing you hopefully some fun, entertaining information. And there is so much to talk about today. I don't know where to start, but I do have to say that as I was driving into the studio this morning, I was listening, of course, to WATR and listening to Tom Shute talk about the 83rd anniversary of the um, station, which is, my God, it's been a bastion in this in this community for 83 years. That's that's incredible in today's world. And I just hats off to the Gilmore family for, you know, keeping um, really? this this entity a uh, vital part of our community. It, it's so important. It's in the fact that it's local and, and brings us so much information. And, you know, Tom and uh, the rest of the uh, staff at, at the station are so committed, always at events. And so, you know, we want to I want to say thank you for that. Um, but what was interesting was when Tom was reading the program notes from the day they signed on the air, and there was something called Organ Tones, live from the pa- the Poli Theater, which was the name of the palace when it was first um, built in 1922, actually. Wow. And so he was reading from, a, I think, 1934 program notes um, when the station signed on. And I was like, how did they have live music coming from Poli Theater? back then. I thought a remote broadcast was something of, you know, not too long ago, like maybe the last 40 years, but um, apparently not. And I, and I asked Tom, I said, how did they actually do that? He goes, I don't know. But I said, that is really interesting to me. And I said, we we have to share this information um, when we do our tours, by the way. There are monthly tours at the um, theater. Um, we're taking a little break over the summer. There will be one on August 12th, I believe. It's a Saturday. Um, but we want to add some information like that. And again, it just shows how WATR, from the very beginning was integrated into the community, as well as what we now call the Palace Theater, which was the Polis Theater. So I just thought that was very um, kind of interesting information. So what else do we have going on? Let me see. Um, well, one of the things that's going on in the community that many people are participating in, and it's become sort of a, a friendly competition among many, is the Stock the Pantry event for United Way of Greater Waterbury. And we've been involved for many years, and in my previous life, um, when I worked in social services locally, 
I was involved with it then. And it's so important to remember that there are people right here in our communities, whether it's not just Waterbury, but Middlebury, Southbury, Woodbury, who have challenging times and helping um, particularly children when school is out. They're not getting the free lunches or the reduced lunches. So families sometimes really truly have nothing for breakfast or lunch for their families. So helping um, work on the stock, the pantry, which the palace is always glad to be a part of. We're collecting at the palace until Monday rice and beans or any other non-perishable food item you you care to donate. We're appreciative of it as well as United Way and the food banks. And um, you can simply drop it off at the Palisade or just park in front of the box office, run in, run out. But don't run out too fast because if you bring food, you are, by filling out an uh, entry blank, you will be entered into a little bit raffle to win a pair of tickets to the opening night performance of, wait for it, the Phantom of the Opera to the Palace Yay. in November. So that's the November 15th performance. So, I mean, gee, you buy, you know, I, I picked up some items spent probably, on, I know, under $10 the other day. Now, of course, I'm not entering the raffle, but if you listening to this, you know, spend five bucks or it doesn't matter. We, there's no price on it. But you could win two tickets valued at over $100. Yeah. I think that's probably a good investment. And actually, you know what? You feel good when you do something good for somebody else. So you know, come on down. Oh, and come on down is just a great segue into talking about another show that just blew me away, took me by surprise of how rabid people are about this show that's coming to the palace in October, and that is The Price is Right Live. <laughs> I, I, our phones have been ringing off the hook. People are, I guess if you're a fan, you're a fan, and there is a real chance to win prizes like wow. refrigerators. Big ticket items, as well as a car. Somebody may win a car. So it's not it's not the show that's you know tell it won't be televised, but it's it tours the country and it's a fun show. So if you like fun, if you like chance, if you you know just want to see how something like this um, works, that's a show you want to might want to pick up tickets for. And you can do that by calling the Palisade box office at two zero three three four six two thousand. Or go to our website, palisadercct.org. And by the way, the box office opens at 10 o'clock. So if you're going to drop off food or you want tickets, it opens at 10 a.m. today. And then what was the other thing? Oh, the Tony Awards. Who watched them? Did you Did you want, anybody watch them? I love the Tony Awards. It's like an event for me. <laughs> and I just, you know, it's, it's, well, it's, somebody called it, the Super Bowl for those who mm-hmm. love the theater. So it's sort of that kind of um, actually I'm paraphrasing but I, I'll, I'll keep it at the Super Bowl for those who love the arts. And um, and and I don't know, it's just a fun thing. A no surprise, I loved that, you know, Bette Midler of course won for Best Actress in a Musical. I mean, she just looks phenomenal. Everybody that's seen the show just, yeah, you know, see. it's the part she was born to play. I mean, it's you know, but who the surprise was, not in a winner, but Kevin Spacey. I know he's a great actor. And he actually, I know he runs or has helped be, or has been the artistic director, I think, at the Old Globe Theater in um, London. Uh, so he's definitely an accomplished actor. 
but I didn't know he also mm. could sing and could move pretty well to you know perform in some of the production numbers. So I thought that was kind of a fun choice. I mean, I love Neil Patrick Harris, and he's a great. Yeah, it's just an all-around performer. But I thought Kevin Spacey did an excellent job. So that was kind of fun. And that, I guess there were really no surprises on some of the um, winners, you know, and uh, who won. So um, it's just a fun thing to to be a part of. And, of course, the industry that um, the Palace Theater and that I work in it makes it all the more re- relevant. I've got to see some of the shows, though. I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen any of the shows that were nominated yet. So i got to get busy and get into New York soon. But right now, I'm busy at the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury, and I wanted to introduce now our first guests and um, (laughs) our first guests, plural, because I have in studio someone, of course, who many of you have heard me talk about, um, Dr. Nancy Capello and her husband, Joe. Hi, Cher. Hi. Hi, Cher. They've been waiting patiently. I see Nancy like she's itching to get talking. I'm already I'm already put a post on Facebook, yes, Sherry, I so know. you she's, know that. She's yes. a social media yes. queen. Yes. But um, Nancy, of course, um, some of you know, uh, is the sister of my husband, so we're related, and my children share the bloodline with uh, You bet. We got a good bloodline, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So, because um, Nancy's originally a Marcucci, and so to be serious, though, Nancy has been involved for the past... 13 years yeah, since my diagnosis um, in, a, in, in an organization that she created with Joe um, based on her own life experience of having been diagnosed with late stage breast cancer and created an organization called Are You Dense? And for those who may have been living under the proverbial rock for the past decade, Nancy, what's Are You Dense? What is that? Okay, so I, um, I was a very faithful patient Sherry, I ate healthy, exercised daily. I had no risk factors that I knew of, family history of, of breast cancer. And I had my yearly mammograms. And I thought, because um, I was told by my docs that, you know, in the unlikely event that I ever had breast cancer, I would certainly have a mammogram. My mother had mammograms. My aunts had mammograms. So I did what my family did. Sure. And I had yearly mammograms. And so in 2004, um, I was at my annual gynecological exam. I never missed an, an appointment, very, very health conscious. And as my gynecologist was examining my breast, she felt this, what she called a ridge in my right breast. And she said, I know you just had a mammogram. I just had a mammogram, which was normal six weeks prior. And she had the report. Already. She had the report, right? Everything yeah. is quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. And little did I know that they, it was far from normal, that I had this hidden intruder because I had what's called dense breast tissue. I never knew I had dense breast tissue until after my advanced stage breast cancer diagnosis. So let me just explain it another one more minute. Sure. So when my doctor examined my breast, she sent me for a mammogram. It was still normal. Because it was felt palpable, the standard of practice is you do an ultrasound. And lo and behold, from one technologist examining my breast with an ultrasound, I ended up with three or four more doctors hovering around me looking at the size of a quarter suspicious lesion which fast forward later later diagnosed after my pathology report as stage 3c breast cancer my cancer had metastasized the 13 lymph nodes what what happened 
I said to and I, and That's the, unbelievable. And the stage of diagnosis, by the way, the first thing you want to know, am I going to live or die? I never missed an appointment. Is stage 3C diagnosis, less than 49% of women survive five years. That's what it was in 2004 when I went to the internet to find out, am I going to live or die? Shocked, scared, not understanding what happened. Now at my team of docs I went to and I said, what? I don't get it. Separately, I said, what happened? And each of them said to me in a nonchalant manner, oh, Nancy, you have dense breast tissue. What's that? Oh, that means it's really hard for mammograms to see cancer in dense breasts. Why is that? Because cancer appears white on a mammogram, so does dense tissue. And so it begs the question, why didn't I not know I had dense breast tissue for low these many 20 years of getting mammograms? Exactly. And so I said, why did I not know this? And they said to me, it's not the standard of practice. And so I didn't know, Sherry, at the time. I didn't know any of the science, any of the data. I don't know if I was alone. I was like one of a million people that had dense tissue. I never heard that term. So being an educator, I had my notebook. I wrote down dense tissue. Of course, Joe was with me at every appointment. My husband, Joe, at 40, almost three years. Um, and so when I when I you know ended up going to the literature, the science, I had a single mastectomy. I've had six surgeries since I've been diagnosed. I, ha- I took three weeks off for my for my um, for my surgery, and I went to the literature, and this is what I found: forty percent of women have dense tissue. That means I'm not alone. What hap- What about my sister? I'm thinking. Yeah. What about my mother? Sure. What about my cousins? Yeah. Do they have dense tissue? Are they going to end up just like me? In addition to that, as the density increases, there's four categories. I had the fourth, which is the most dense tissue. The reliability of the mammogram plummets in the last information I read, and, and this was in the literature for two decades. That if you supplement a mammogram with an ultrasound or MRI, you can significantly increase the detection of invasive cancers. Why didn't I know this? So I wanted to make sure the information in the medical books goes to the examining room so the woman gets that information and so she can be empowered to make decisions about her breast health with her physicians. Well, you know, every time I hear this story, and of course it's not the first time I've heard it, um, it, it's just more and more, it just makes you say, why was this information kept so secret? Um, and you know what? I don't think we have the complete answer for that. You right. may have some insights, but let's get to uh, since since you were enraged and angry, <laughs> yeah. and so was Joe. And together, you know, you said not oh woe is me, but I'm going to do something to make a change. This happened to me and us, but I'm going to do something to um, make sure nobody else goes through this. So that's how are you dense the organization exactly. is born. Exactly. And you have spent the last decade and almost decade and a half almost not only creating this organization, but helping to forge change in the system so that doctors and um and uh, ra- you know doctors radiologists are doctors but um in the public would not be accepting of this and would start to make some changes. So you started in Connecticut. You got legislation passed that said women must be informed when they have their um, breast exam annually and then told the significance of that report. Correct. So, so, so it was understood that, oh, you have dense breasts. You need to have more than just exactly. a mammogram. Exactly. So you you made that happen in Connecticut, but that wasn't satisfying enough. <laughs> then you went on this crusade all across the world. 
in that in the country, <laughs> but also the world. And, and, and she's international. Yeah. Right? But you know, the only reason why that happened, though, Sherry, because honestly, I never thought that I would be talking about now they're senior breasts. They were junior at the time <laughs> uh, to strangers all over the world. But what happened was because of 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 trying to work on legislation and all the drama. We created a website. We created, we became a 501c3. We wanted to make a nonprofit. We wanted to make sure that we got this information really to my neighborhood, my state, my community. I wasn't thinking, oh, I can't wait till I hear from people. You know, I had a real job and a real career. I wasn't going to be talking about my breasts my whole life, but apparently I (laughs) am. (laughs) So what happened was through the website and through social media, I started hearing from women across the globe finding me just like me. They just had a neural mammogram. They end up with late stage cancer. They write to me. The first woman was named Henda from Texas and said, oh, my God, Nancy, that's my story. I want to do what you did in Connecticut in my state. And since then, we now have 32 state laws across the nation. That's amazing. That is amazing. You know, you hear these stories about people who something happens to them and they're galvanized to make a positive change as a result of something, you know, something tragic that happens to them. And here you are in our own community and, you know, you're a resident of born in Watertown, live in Woodbury, and you're globetrotting all over to spread this message. So, I mean, you know, that takes a special person. First of all, you know, you could have said, you know, I'm just getting my treatment, it's over now, and I'm, you know, and not, but, I don't know, you know, in you know, I know that you have a belief system. And, you know, sometimes you got to wonder, like, is somebody lifted up to do something, to make change? You know, somebody's chosen for some mission. And it seems like you've been that yeah, person. But, and, and, and there's a reason. I, I, I and well, thank you. I really that, appreciate you know. that. We're going to pass the basket now, Sherry. <laughs> Johnny, get those nickels out. We're going to take a break. Quick. (laughs) Wait. uh, Hang on for a second. But I do want to say that, um, and we're going to talk about this when we come back from the break, because you are raising money with a wonderful fundraiser happening tomorrow night at the Palace Theater, um, the Are You Dense Music Fest that Joe produces and has been faithfully producing for... uh, Nine years. Nine years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, I know. But um, also, the work you're doing locally in the community, because you raise money not just for your organization so you can spread your message, but also to help other organizations that help women in breast cancer. So we're going to talk about those things when we come back right after these messages. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your waist. And we're back, and our guests in studio this morning are Nancy, Dr. Nancy Capello, PhD, PhD. Uh, and Joe Capello. Hello, Sherry. Um, <laughs> we are back. We're back, and we're talking about Are You Dense and the upcoming uh, Are You Dense Music Fest tomorrow night at the Palace Theater with um, some kind of shaking going on, oh, a whole yeah, lot of baby. shaking going on. <laughs> and Joe, you're the producer. I know, Nancy, you want to say something, though, about Joe. Before I yeah, introduce I do. him to I talk do. about the is music it good? Fest. I just want to know. <laughs> it's going to be great. Is it positive? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's going to take me to lunch after this. Now, um, you know, <laughs> you mentioned thank you so much for all the accolades, and I really appreciate that. You know, I really have a duty. It, 
in my heart, this is a duty because, you know, I always say I need a rescue dog, learn Italian, take off lessons. I shouldn't be really going around the world talking about my senior breasts now. But I will tell you, no one does this alone. And Joe, you know, it's a family disease. When I was diagnosed, I remember coming home. I remember February 3rd, 2004, coming home and calling him from the office saying it is breast cancer. Coming home, seeing him, he greeted me at the door and he's crying because it's a family disease. And Joe was so inspiring and he would push me. We got to get this done. This is really important. So as important as to me, it's important to Joe too. That's why he's he's yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, pass the basket again. <laughs> well, pass the tissues. Know, and, yeah, I mean that's you know you, you're you're a beautiful couple, and I know you're you you know. Uh, what can I say, Joe? What can you say after that? I mean, that's it. You love shut the lights you, off. I know. You, I mean, but you loved your you love your wife, um, and this was devastating um, to her, and that your heart was broken for her. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And, like uh, any anyone else would be whose spouse uh, had taken a turn like Nancy's did. But sure. uh, you know, it's that's what comes with life. Uh, there's ups and downs. There's good times and bad times. We take the oath, right? There's yeah. sickness and then health. That's true. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we happen to have a little sickness, but uh, you know what? The Lord is good, yeah. and through all things, we uh, manage to make it through with faith. So. Uh, I think that uh, something real good came out of this. Uh, you know, certainly I hate to see anybody go through that just to have something good come out. Yeah. Sure, of course, uh, of course. You know, no one likes that. Of but um, Well, you know, and plus um, some people when they face these adversities as a couple, as a family, as Nancy said, it's a family disease. But sometimes those things break a family. They can, uh, Break yeah. a relationship. And in your case, it probably, it sounds like it brought you closer together. Um, so let's get to the music fest before right. we get to like I don't want to you now get the tissues out here, but <laughs> but because we have some work to do tomorrow night and we want to give you you know well, the time Sherry, to talk about that. Uh, the music fest uh, is something that we decided to do uh, nine years ago. This will be our ninth music fest tomorrow night. I can't believe that. I remember that first one. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> it was from eleven o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. Uh-huh. We had eleven different bands. <laughs> In fact, your Woo-hoo. son played at the first yes, one. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, my goodness. So we decided to, we, since, uh, you know, we planned on, uh, uh, you know, doing what we needed to do to get the word out. We needed to finance this somehow. And we decided that we were going to do something with music because I'm a musician and I know a lot of musicians. Yeah. And uh, we decided to have the this music fest to generate finance. It's as a big fundraiser, right? And that was nine years ago. Right. Uh, it's improved every year. We're now at the Palace Theater, which is really unbelievable. What a venue! Yeah. Uh, anyone who's been there knows it's unbelievable. This is your third year, right? Our or fourth. This fourth is year our fourth year at the Palace. Year at the palace. Yeah. Oh my God! I know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, God, uh, time flies. Let me tell you about last year really quick. Last okay. year we had uh, Justin Shandor, who was the ultimate Elvis, and uh, it, we we he was so unbelievably good. You know, if we have any Elvis fans out oh, there, my word. we've fabulous. got some seats left, but yeah. you know, 
You better get your tickets you today. You better get your yeah. tickets. Because last year you sold, I don't know, 600 tickets maybe. 723. Yeah. Last year. Last yeah. year. So this year you've out. We're you've almost past that yeah. We're almost at 800. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, um, you are, if you love Elvis or just want a good time, and it's not just Justin Shandor, who's from Vegas. He's mm-hmm. a legit Elvis impersonator that's yeah. been recognized by Graceland. Um, by Graceland. Yeah. By Graceland. Yeah. So this is the guy to see. Oh, You've also great. got on your bill Vincent Ingala Jr. Vincent will be uh, Jun- playing no, Junior. Ju- no, Vincent Ingala. No, but we, I get we can make from? him a junior. We <laughs> just Ingala. We just changed Leo's name. <laughs> well, everybody knows who Vincent is. He's going to be playing drums. drums yes, because he for, plays with Justin yes, in Vegas yes. and has played yeah, with him. All over the country. And uh, But the, the interesting change we have this year is Jacob Tolliver, who uh, is Jerry Lee Lewis. So Whoa. if we've got any Jerry Lee fans Boy, out there, too. this guy is tops. He's, right. a, he's like the up-and-coming performer in Las Vegas. And we're so fortunate to be able to have Justin and Jacob on the stage of the palace for one night only. Wow. And and Justin was an American Idol finalist. He went to Hollywood. Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. Jacob, Which is Jerry Lee Lewis. And um, Justin Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he it was in the sit-down production in Vegas of Million Dollar yes. Quartet. Oh, yeah. So this is the real deal. These are people who, you know, you don't get to see this level of talent oh, all under one roof no. all the time. So, no. And it's a very affordable ticket price. What are tickets? Uh, $35 for the general admission seats, of okay. course, yeah. $35, yeah. and if you want to upgrade Reserve to a VIP. Seating. Yeah, there's a... very few VIPs left. There's okay. about four or five, so if you oh, really want to okay. get the seats. And that gives you a meet and greet opportunity with the performers yeah. after the show and some uh, reception with food and whatnot. But you can get tickets. You can still get tickets. You can still get tickets at the palacetheater.org. CT.org. CT.org. And, or call the, the box office, office. 203-346-2000. <laughs> and you know, you hear this, but I really encourage you to do it today because yeah. uh, the good seat, there's all good seats. Yeah, Palace I mean, is great. You don't have any bad seats, right. but you know, you might want to pick yours out. So the longer <laughs> you wait, the less pickings you have. That's so true. <laughs> so, so don't hesitate. Go to the website, I, go to the call the Could I mention office. our sponsors? Yes, of Sherry? course. Yeah, absolutely. We couldn't do this uh, at all, really. We couldn't do it at all uh, without our sponsorships and our sponsors. Uh, Yale New Haven is uh, the Health Smilos Cancer Center is our, their first year with us. So we're very excited to have That's huge. Yeah, Yale New Haven Smilo Cancer Hospital. Yes. Yeah. And of course, GE Healthcare is back huge. with us. Yeah. This will be their second yeah. year. And these wow. are our major, major sponsors. Right. We couldn't do it without them. And we couldn't do it without the American, Republican American. Uh, they've been fantastic yeah. to us. Fuji Film, uh, our friends at the Lever Cancer Center, yeah. they're unbelievable. We have our our meetings there. And Phillips. And uh, Phillips is is another... And of course, WATR. And WATR. Right. Yeah, of of course. course. So yeah. you've gotten a lot of support, which validates the work you're doing that not only the locals that you know know you and you have relationships with are supporting your cause, but when you get big entities like these big corporate entities who, you know, don't throw those dollars around just carelessly unless no. they really no. believe and they're coming in to the, And they're coming to see us. Yeah, they're so that, coming to the that show. Is, that is huge. I know that um, you're giving out some your um, 
you're uh, featuring, Awards, yeah. honoring Dr. Beth Sealing and Dr. Nicole Sapphire. And I wish we had more time to tell why you're honoring them. But if you're interested in, in if you're a patient of Dr. Sealing's, because she is a local she's a breast surgeon, um, breast yeah. surgeon um, you, you want to come out and support her and see why she's oh, being she's honored. Fabulous. Bring your family, bring your friends. This is a great cause to support. And I know we didn't get to half of what we wanted to talk to about your support of raising dollars, not only for your own, to spread your message, but supporting yeah, we give back breast to the cancer yep. organizations yep. Um, that are working with women with breast cancer, St. Mary's Hospital, um, the Lever Center, and, and, and Waterbury Hospital. Are, Waterbury yeah. Hospital. The funds for um, providing services for women with dense tissue adjuncts. Right. And you're working with the Latin community with yes, Latina Madre. Yes. So, I mean, you are really. I'm out doing, there, baby. You are out there hustling. <laughs> In more ways than you, one. You've been to Japan to spread the message. You've been, you've been invited to Puerto Rico and Australia. And I'm on broadcast. Lane right now. Uh, so, Nancy and Joe, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you, Sherry. You're welcome, and I wish you much success. Thank I know you, it's so excited. Thank you for your help in marketing for us, and we're really thrilled. Well, again, we're you know, you know all the time you we, do a great we, job. We love working thank with you. the Palace Theater. Thank it's, you. It's thank fabulous. You. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're coming back with the debonair Bob Burns from the Mattituck Museum. Stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. And we're back again. And our next segment is somebody I've been actually want, with somebody I've been wanting to have on the program for a long time. Thank you probably you. didn't know that. That's so kind. No, I mean, and Bob Burns, executive director at the Mattituck Museum, which is a wonderful, wonderful um, organization, museum, education center, cultural icon in this community. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke now because truthfully, and Bob, you know this, but I did some work back in the 90s um, for the museum as a freelance publicist, oh. and um, so I love the museum. I, 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 You know, we have some really important things, assets, we, and wonderful assets we do. in our community. Absolutely, I agree. And I think sometimes those of us in the community are the last to take <laughs> advantage of them. Um, but you came to um, Waterbury to um, you know head up the museum about how many years ago? About five and a half years ago. Five, and you have blown the roof off that place. I have Thank to. You. St- no, you really have. Um, its its profile has um, just broadened, and you make it really inviting. I think sometimes people have perceptions about things and they, they think, oh, that's not for me or whatever. And you have really invited, you've done some great things to say, this is for you, everybody. Well, thank you. I, I, I came to Waterbury five and a half years ago and I'm, I'm still in love. I, I, oh. I have a huge crush on this city and mm. I want people from Waterbury to feel welcome and comfortable and we're working really hard to try and have such a broad variety of things so that everybody has something for their interests and tastes at the Mattituck Museum. I, and, and it's so evident. I mean, I'm just, you know, I was actually, well, I was getting ready this morning and I, I have the latest issue of Connecticut Magazine yeah. and I I, I brought it um, with me today because, um, you know, this this upcoming, or not upcoming, it's open now, mm-hmm. Heartbreak and Peanuts exhibit. I just thought, how clever is that? Yeah, Charlie Brown. Everybody loves Charlie Everybody Brown. Everybody loves Charlie <laughs> Brown. I'm, who doesn't love Charlie Brown? And and that, to me, is so, and that runs until August 13th. But what a great exhibit. 
kids, families, um, people who have people been, like me, <laughs> yeah, who are still kids at heart. Me too, yeah. because don't interrupt Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> don't call me then. Everybody that I know knows that. But so I think that's fun. And then also running concurrently, basically, well, is opening in July. Yeah, opening July. Thir- oh, July thirtieth. I'm thinking I'm ahead. Yeah. But through September, you have a more ser- a more. Um, artistic expression ex- type of exhibit. Right. Winslow been, Homer. Winslow Homer. We, we received this amazing gift of 114 uh, Winslow Homer etchings and engravings from a gentleman who now no longer lives in Connecticut. He lives in Florida. But um, it, it's this huge swath of, an, of a really important American artist that is, a, is kind of a household name for people. Um, and we had none of that in our collection. So this wonderful gift came to us wow. last year. And, and we've been trying to organize a show and we've been working with Yale and the Wadsworth Athenaeum and the New Britain Museum in order to sort of expand on this gift. So we have a really lovely little jewel box of a show sort of inviting you to American life in, during this really important formative period of Winslow Homer's career when he was working basically as a reporter uh, chronicling what was going on in American life from sport, play, family, the war, the revolutionary, or sorry, the, the Civil War. And he was, and it was broadcast in Harper's Bazaar magazines and other weekly newspapers, these drawings that he made of American life. And so it's going to be a really, really spectacular show that wow. a lot of people are going to really feel. And for those who may say, Winslow Homer, how do I know him? Well, Winslow, Winslow Homer, if, you, if you've ever been to Yale, there's an amazing painting that we're borrowing. But he was a, he was a, a American artist who, I'm not quite sure where you're going with this, but he was he was a chronicler of the What's, Civil War. But isn't there an um, iconic painting, isn't it? Is he? There's a lot of them. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking Whistler's Month? No, no, that's Whistler. Whistler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Where am I thinking? <laughs> okay. So it shows my ignorance yeah. here. Oh, Winslow, Whistler. I got yeah, it. Yeah. The Sharpshooter, okay. which is a painting of a gentleman in a tree that uh, was a Union soldier as okay. a very famous painting. The croquet scene that we have from Yale is very, yes. very famous. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. So it, it it evokes another time period and what how people lived back in um, a different you know turn of the century. Right. It's, a, it's a snapshot of American life in yeah. the early nineteenth century. That. Yeah. I love that because I can. I'm just seeing the images in my mind of like summer and you know people outdoors and recreating. Kids at play, and, people fishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's going to be a really, really beautiful show. And we're very lucky. And the the collector David Jones is going to be back for the opening. He's an alum of Wesleyan University, so they're actually doing an alumni event that same day oh, at nice. the museum, which nice. is great. So, in part of your work is cultivating and finding these people that want to work and um, share their treasures with the museum. Exactly. We're, we're, we're trying to find collectors. There are lots of local collectors in the Waterbury area, and we've had a lot of really great shows. Uh, we did the Muhammad Ali show based yes. on a private collection, yeah. which was really yeah. terrific. Yeah. Um, and also artists, you know, um, that live in and around Connecticut, because it's always been a part of the mission of the museum since the 1960s to really represent Connecticut art and artists. And that's the, the core of our permanent collections are, are Connecticut artists from literally the 17th century to today. But And you do something interesting, and I, and I know you have a great team, So, but it always takes a great leader to bring out the best in a great team. And you turn things on, you know, you don't, it's just not like, I know you did one, one exhibit that was... Um, I'm, I'm trying to recall it, but it had to do with costumes or party dresses or something. Wedding I, dresses. We did a wedding dress yes, show. Yes, recently, and, yeah. and, and Non-traditional you, wedding dresses. Yeah, so and you just do Blue things. and gray and brown wedding dresses from, from, the, from the early 19th century. Yeah, and, and, and something with 
wasn't there a show I know there was where there was some some special fancy it wasn't the wedding dresses there was something else I thought I think uh, <laughs> anyway I'm making this all up now <laughs> anyway well, what I'm trying to say yeah. is it seems like I'm aware that you're doing things outside the box, and I hate to use that trite term, but you are. Well, we're trying. We want to attract a big audience. This is Father's Day weekend, and we actually have a show that opened with spring training and is closing with the World Series, um, sort of outlining that great divide, particularly in Waterbury, between Yankees fans and Red Sox fans. Oh, yes. And it's a, it's a kind of an amazing uh, accumulation of, of things about the Yankees and the Red Sox. That rivalry will never, no one will ever decide who's greatest, because you'll never be able to agree on it. Right. And there's some some Mets things for people. 86 Mets, how can you deny them? They were amazing that year. Um, some, uh, a little bit of Dodgers and Giants things as well. But it's, it's and then there's things from local collectors that we've added to this um, group of things that have come in for this show. And and it's open. We're going to have some programming. And actually, Art Shamsky's going to come and speak on Sunday. And he's bringing his book. And and, it's, and Neil Schur, the curator of this thing, will be there on Sunday. So it's a really great experience. If you're, So for Father's Day, if you're looking It's the perfect for, Father's Day thing to do. You a dad is. go to the Mattituck Museum. I, you know, and that's what's that's what I mean. It's like who would have thought of that? And I don't know who, whether it's your idea or someone on your team, but you know, that's the kind of thinking that makes the museum interesting, alive, like, oh, I didn't know they did that at the museum. And that's what I think you've brought to the museum. Well, it's the, uh, thank you so much. It really is a team effort. And um, and the great thing about the Mattituck Museum, one of the greatest things about it is that we have that dual mission of art and history. Yes. And Waterbury really is... Uh, like the center of the universe. It, I know that's a joke now, <laughs> but it really is. When you look at our history and how things began here that went off into the rest of the world, it gives us such a broad array of things for us to bring into the museum and to share with our visitors. And I don't think everybody really knows that. I think, you know, that again, another reason to visit the museum, to find out how how Waterbury was pivotal in so many ways, in so many industries, um, with things we still use today. Um, you know, I can think of the Wiffle ball and the button collection exactly and, you yeah. know um things that were important to survival if ej um, manville hadn't invented the four slide machine we probably wouldn't have most of waterbury would not be the famous button um clock city that it was it would have probably happened somewhere else but yeah. because it was a local guy who came up with a way to automate the, the 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 process to take flat sheets of metal and turn them into other things and patent it and keep it only in waterbury companies so that they could succeed it was really the beginning of, of the Industrial Revolution in America. Wow. Wow. Now, you said something at the beginning of this interview that I want to delve into, and one of the reasons I um, you're here today, you said, I really love, I fell in love with Waterbury, and I'm still in love. And so... You're putting that sentiment into an actual project. That's true. Um, I, I coined my own personal hashtag a couple of years back. I believe in Waterbury because I really, really do believe in this city. I, I, I hear people who remember a time when it was a thriving downtown, when all the factories are working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not going to happen. The factories, right. we're still manufacturing a lot of stuff here, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. But it's all small manufacturing, advanced manufacturing. And there is a potential for downtown because it hasn't been spoiled. And we do have a lot lot of, of square footage that's available in beautiful architectural buildings. So I believe so strongly in this city that that we're on a momentum, on a track to come back. It's not going to be what we were. It's going to be the new next Waterbury. And so we've taken that 
very literally in this exhibition that's opening in this September. And we've done an open call to artists all over the state. They can be outside of the state if they if they want to be to come view Waterbury and help us to show Waterbury through their artistic media. It doesn't really matter what it is. If they're a painter, if they're a sculptor, if they do installation work, if they do performance, spoken word, theater, music, we want them to make submit something to us and we're going to put it either in the visual arts exhibition or we're going to create a series of programming around it. And in order to inspire people to do that, we have several things coming up very soon. Okay. Next week, we actually are doing a couple of tours locally um, that are sort of guided artistic tours for people to join us. And we're we're actually going to be going next Tuesday to Holy Land uh, from four o'clock to dusk for open art, sketching, drawing, oh. inspiration. So that and it, and it's going to be an opportunity to go as a group of artists to experience Holy Land and the amazing views from Holy Land um, to be inspired by Waterbury. Um, and then later that week on Thursday, we're going to do some downtown architecture tours and visit some of the churches and buildings mm-hmm. so that artists can sketch those as well. And then on the twenty fifth, which is a Sunday, we're going to Rose. Hill, just behind the museum, mm-hmm. which was the home of Carrie Welton and yes. several other important yes. people. And we're going to have live models there for artists to sketch inside the property. Um, we're also going to go back there in July on the 13th to do that again. And then on July 8th, we're going to take a tour and sort of sketching experience through Riverside Cemetery. So just oh. some of the highlights of the beauty of the history of Waterbury and the present day experience of Waterbury for artists to be inspired. That's th- that's incredible. And um you know, when you say artist, you can be uh, any medium, water, color. Um, you could be a weekend painter to a very accomplished artist. We want everyone who feels some sort of creative experience with Waterbury to, to, to offer that up to us. We are going to curate this exhibition. It's me, Judy McElhone from the Five Points Gallery up in Torrington, that mm-hmm. really exciting little venue right there in downtown Torrington, and then Will Wilkins from Real Artways in Hartford. We're going to go through the submissions. We're going to try and take as many as we possibly can and to develop a, a show with an artist. That that really embodies, I believe in Waterbury because I really want it to be we believe in Waterbury. Yeah, but I can only speak for me at this point. I know, and you know what? That we those of us who care about the city or are vested or stakeholders or whatever you want to call us. That's the thing that comes up over and over again. It's the you know the perception, but also self perception. A lot of times, people who live here and I live here, I would include myself. Sometimes we're not always appreciative, and and share that and and be the cheerleaders we should be for our own city. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, take somebody who came in like from a different view perspective exactly. as you would say in the art world mm-hmm. and uh and 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 brings up the beauty and the assets and and you mentioned performance art too as a part of this so if you're a um uh, poet spoken word um choreographer uh, choreographer actor how how what is the what is the um, medium? How will they submit their work? Well, we already have the, um, oh, I forget her name and title, but she teaches dance at NBCC, and she's already submitted a plan to do something inside the space inspired specifically by the works that are chosen. Oh. And we did. We worked with them, uh, the students at NBCC and her, when we had um, uh, a show of women artists, and they came in, they spent a few days like learning about the artist and the works on the wall, and they developed this choreography, and then they danced in the gallery space for oh, an invited audience. Oh, that is audience. so cool. So, that is so, so cool. That's 
that's huh. an example of how, and I'm hoping to take that even further. If if somebody feels like they want to write something and perform it, and the PAC, the Performing Arts Center, is the best place to do that, we'll do it there. You know, okay. we just we just want to make it available. So if you're listening, we have four minutes. Oh my goodness, mm. I have a lot to cover. <laughs> if you're listening to this um, and listening to what Bob has to say, Bob Burns from the Mattituck Museum, the best thing to do to get more information would be to call. To visit our website, okay, because it's on the front page, the landing page, and then you can click through to get more information. So that's mattituckmuseum.org. Mattmuseum.org. Oh. Yeah. Matt. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> that's the other cool thing you did. You made it the Matt. I made it, I love made it easy that. for people to I spell it. it. Mattmuseum.org. Okay. Or you can call and, and, and speak to my colleague, Heather, and she has more details for you. Okay. All right. That's wonderful, Bob. I, I would like to have you come back because I think Would there's love much more to explore here. We're going to be working on a collaborative um, very excited about costume it. exhibit from Phantom of the Opera um, that's going to be uh, at the I'm, museum. I'm on the edge of my seat about that. Oh, it's going to yeah, be wonderful. That, that is very cool. So I want to thank you. And I, I have to... I, I have to say something before we close out the show. This is our last show, as I said at the top of the show, until September. And something um, wonderful and sad is happening at the Palisade. One of our most cherished colleagues, Jennifer Zembruski, is leaving us at oh, the no. end of this month um, to for a wonderful opportunity that's been offered to her. Some of you who know Jen, she has two children that are entering middle school and high school, and they go to Chase Collegiate. And, you know, she's been offered an opportunity there to head up and oversee their um, arts program. Wow, that's terrific. So um, as a mom and, you know, just wanting to kind of be there um, more present uh, for her children, you know, the, the theater is a wonderful place, but it's a hard taskmaster and mm -hmm. demands much of us. So, mm -hmm. um, but Jen, yeah. She's just one of a kind, one in a million. There's nobody that could replace you, Jen. Um, we love you. We will miss you dearly. Um, Chase is just so, so fortunate to get your talent, your knowledge, your brain, your your compassion and love for, for art and for people. And, um, you know, I'm going to cry here now because, um, you know, she you're just an amazing young woman. And I we, we all at the palace wish you the very, very best. And we know you're not leaving us, um, that we will be collaborating on many things yeah. for yeah. sure. So Thrilled to hear um, she's still going to be. Here. Yes. Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. And I also wanted to remind people that. Um, there is much to do in Greater Waterbury, in Waterbury, um, in Connecticut. Get out, enjoy these things this summer with people you love, um, because you know it's here for the taking. We have much to be happy about, or we're blessed with much. So um, please do yourself that Including favor. You. And <laughs> you're a blessing too. Ah, <laughs> thanks. And um, we will be back in September. Um, don't forget to buy your tickets to Phantom coming November 15th through the 26th. Two wonderful weeks that'll explode on this city. So excited about that. And go to palacetheaterct.org or call our box office, which is opening in about 30 seconds, 203-346-2000. Uh, I'm Sherry Marcucci. It's been my pleasure to be with you all this season. I can't wait to come back in September. And I want you to to stay tuned to Steve Knoxon and uh, Talk of the Town after the local news coming up next. Do something you love with someone you love this weekend. Bye-bye for now. Entertaining new possibilities.
the palace theater, your palace, your place. 